Well, in this moment, I'd love to invite Nolene forward, but before she comes forward, I'll just give, tell you a little bit about her. She leads our prayer ministry team here, and uh, she has captured the heart of the church. She's an incredibly encouraging person. In fact, just the other week, she made an appointment just to see me, just to encourage me, which I love. I, was, I felt so grateful by that. And uh, she's coming just to, she's got a word on her heart. We're starting the series, Holy Spirit, Come. And we're going to be doing it for the next six or seven weeks. And so uh, we want to, we don't want to wait a few weeks before we slot into that groove. Come on, can I encourage you, church, lean in. We want to start week one, and we're just going to charge for as long as it takes uh, in this series. Holy Spirit, come being expectant, tuning our ears to what the Holy Spirit would have us do and say and be in the season that's coming. So bless you, Nolene. Would you come and share with us this morning? You'd think he'd at least give me an Oscar after that lot, wouldn't you? <laughs> Good morning and happy birthday to everybody. It is your birthday, believe it or not. It's the day they celebrated way back then, the birthday of the church. Um, yeah, so happy birthday all to you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, wow. It's, it's an awesome privilege to be here and to speak this morning. And um, that lovely, lovely song at the end, you know, Jesus, your presence is heaven to me. It's just, it's just amazing. Um, there will be two or three scriptures on the, on the overhead, but really I want you to engage with the Holy Spirit today. It's the stuff that I bring. If it doesn't resonate, just drop it. But I just want you to reach out and receive what he's got today for you because he's here. I called it the Father's promise because that's what Jesus called it. And it's Luke 24, 49, which our nice man will probably put up. Look at that, isn't he wonderful? And behold, I'm sending the promise of my Father upon you. But remain in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. I'm sending the promise of the Father upon you. Remain in the city until you've been clothed with power on high. Now, if you can imagine it for a moment, the disciples, I mean, they'd had three years of excellent training. Sorry, Robbie, far better than Elam's. Um, they had been with Jesus for three and a half years. They knew the scriptures. They knew the fulfillment. He'd given them authority to heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Any here raised the dead recently? Um, he'd breathed on them after his resurrection and imparted the misery of his spirit. But still he says to them, Wait, wait. Jesus had spoken often of the Holy Spirit, uh, particularly in the book of John. Um, you can track through it. It's, he seems to manage to trip over it all the way through. He talks about living water. He talks about you being born of water in the Spirit. If you know evil and know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Holy Spirit be given to you by the Father? Now they're coming to the end of their journey. They just had a Passover meal. It was pretty late in the night. And Jesus was preparing for his journey to the cross. He speaks of leaving and the one who will come in his name. It was a long conversation. Um, it's John 14 to 16, if you want to have a wee read sometime. But basically he was saying things like, Oh, I'll ask the Father 
and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. He will teach you all things and remind you of what I have said. He'll convict the world of sin, of righteousness and judgment. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but what he speaks, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. It is to your advantage I go away, but unless I do, he will not come. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. This gift, this gift of the Spirit, was something that Jesus emphasized and underlined. But I'd like to lift your eyes just a little bit, and because we've come as a Pentecostal church, are very familiar with the conversation about the Holy Spirit. And I want to just take you back to the beginning of time when none of us were here. (laughs) But in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. The earth was without form and void. Darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the water. This was the beginning of time. This was the moment when everything was taking place. This is a triune God, a a three-person God, whose uniqueness and relationship was complete and perfect, holy, righteous, eternal, bound together with a love that was absolutely too deep for us to comprehend. Paul, writing to Timothy, wrote, He who alone is immortal and dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. Darkness shrouds the splendor of this magnificent and powerful being. This is our God. This is the one that we're worshiping. Psalm 18 says he makes darkness a secret place, and the canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. And Psalm 90 says, Before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth or the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And into the darkness he spoke, let there be light. And he split the darkness with his light, dividing it into day and night. Our world became a reality through his word and his power. How do we view this God that we worship, this one whose spirit we carry? Can we catch a glimpse of his majesty? Can we lift our eyes to the one that is above the situations that we walk on this earth, higher and greater and bigger? Isaiah posed some questions. He said, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, all the waters of the earth in the hollow of his hand? Measured the heaven with a span. A span is from the little finger to your thumb. God measures the heavens with his hand. Calculates the dust on the earth in a measure and weighs the mountains and scales and the hills in a balance. Who has directed the Spirit of God or as his counselor has taught him? And into that love or that triune relationship, they brought humankind. Sin entered our world and God had to look towards another promise. A promise that he would send one that would redeem that world. This is the triune God reaching out to us through his son. 
One of those prophecies was given was Isaiah 11, 1 to 2, which actually will be on the screen. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, who was King David's father, and a branch will grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. I had an initial close encounter of the Holy Spirit kind in Auckland 44 years ago. The Holy Spirit's impact was being felt by the established churches at that time, known as the Charismatic Renewal. I was involved with an Anglican church, and the leadership decided to support the local Baptist Life in the Spirit seminar, which is sort of the equivalent of the Alpha course they have these days. I'll tell you, I was not having a bar of it. But unfortunately, I was on the leadership team, so I'd sort of run out of excuses after about the first two weeks. God, as usual, has no problems about setting ambushes for people. And the lady that was running our group was an incredibly encouraging lady. The week before the setup night for receiving the Holy Spirit, I had a vision. This was before the Holy Spirit, I had a vision. <laughs> um, and I had a vision of many people standing beside Jesus in heaven and myself standing outside. And then Jesus spoke and simply said, it's all or it's nothing. I simply had to choose, as Peter said earlier, I had to choose that step to step in what he had for me. So on the Monday night prayer meeting, um, I was prayed for and nothing dramatic happened. <laughs> I remember feeling very quiet inside, but also felt vaguely disappointed, you know, sort of all the stuff you're supposed to receive and didn't quite happen. But the next day, I spent all day in tears. I have no idea why I was in tears. I was just crying the whole time. And I had a two-year-old boy at the stage, and he was running around with a flannel trying to wipe mummy's face, which was quite fun, really. Um, <laughs> but the next day, I had to make a choice. I had to make a choice that something had happened on that Monday night. So in faith, I wrote to my mum and dad, who live in, were living in Blenheim at the time. And um, <laughs> what I said to them is I'd been prayed for and received the Holy Spirit baptism. But I had not yet received the gift of tongues. Well, I think my dad thought I'd gone a bit potty, but that's okay. <laughs> the next morning, um, I just started re on that earlier that uh, last couple of weeks, um, getting up at six o'clock to spend time with Jesus. And as I was praying at six that morning, I felt like I was reaching up to him, but I felt him reach down to me. And as he did, he released the gift of tongues. And yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been. Um, an ups and downy journey. Um, but God's, as Pete spoke last week, is incredibly faithful, incredibly faithful. One of the most powerful scriptures of the Old Testament, which is also spoken by our Peter in, in Acts, is from the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. They shall prophesy. 
I will show wonders in heaven above and signs on the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of that great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Could do a little bit of advertising at this point because I don't know how many people know that on Wednesday there is a blood moon. Um, in fact, it's a super blood moon because it's when for 40 years ago since the last one came this close to the earth and um, it's to do with the the way this, the moon moves around the earth. But it starts just before nine if you're interested, but the actual color, the actual blood red color, only starts just after 11 and it's only about 14 minutes long, but I have experienced it. I remember lying on a youth camp one day and, and just lying on the grass and um, watching, watching the, the moon change color. It's fascinating to see. It's also fascinating that God wrote about them 3,000 odd years ago, so um, it's nice that we catch up with them. Oh, yeah. The fulfillment of this prophecy and Jesus' words, they were only 10 days after his departure. The Holy Spirit wasn't given in secret. Um, we, we tend to feel that it's either in an upper room or in a house, but the actual Holy Spirit was given in the midst of a crowd in the temple. This was Shabbat. This was the Feast of Pentecost that we know was the giving of the law for the Jewish people. And as Jewish believers, they would have been in the temple, probably in Solomon's portico, which is mentioned in chapter 3. So they were having a prayer meeting when the Spirit of God was poured out. And it's in that place that 3,000 people were to make their lives new in Christ Jesus and receiving this gift. The Holy Spirit has come to make Jesus real to us. Jesus has sent his own spirit to live within us. And his power and his presence is available to every believer, every believer. There is a requirement, there's always a requirement to come into that place. But he's calling out to us today to make that life commitment to him. If you don't know Jesus, if you've never experienced that walk before, it does require salvation. Salvation is simply saying to the Lord that I believe in you and I want to, re to receive you as my Lord and Savior. I want to ask forgiveness for the things I've done wrong. And as, as you reach out to him, he will respond. And the gift of the Holy Spirit is given to each and every one that would ask for it. So Peter stood up, Peter stood up on this, on this last day and he spoke a huge message, um, convicted them. He was no longer the, the, the weak and mild man about town that he had been. <laughs> he was no longer the one that was, um, that was fearful. He was now bold, he was now courageous, he was now speaking things that they literally preached up a storm. You know, I mean, it was, it was amazing what took place. This is the words he gave to them. He says, this Jesus God has raised up of which we are witnesses. Therefore, being exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he pulled out that which you now see and hear. 
Peter's words pierced them to the heart. Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, all whom the Lord our God will call. This promise is to you and to your children, to all whom the Lord your God will call. The Holy Spirit's here. He's present with us at this moment. He's wanting to reach out to each one of you. I sense his heart of, I think, a deep amount of disappointment sometimes that people have experienced. And disappointment with God, disappointment with their expectations of what God should be. But he's just wanting to draw near. He's a God of love. He's seen your heartache. He's seen your walk. It's almost like I, I see a, a shadow just moving over this place um, to actually reach out and touch right now. If you've never encountered Jesus in this way, I had a picture of a ladder resting against cloud and someone just had their foot on the first step. And this looking up, this sense of, dare I take the next step? Dare I step in to what God has for me? And I want you to know that that cloud is holding that ladder and it's safe to take that step. It's safe to take that step. Also sense that he wants to actually minister to people this morning. There, there's, a, there's a breath here, a breath of his presence here that is moving over this place right now. There's a sense of, I, don't, I, I get a sense of almost like a cloud of, of light just coming down. It's, it's like, like raindrops, but it's like a very gentle rain. And, and the light is being hit by the sun, and the sun is reflecting off, and the, the reflected light is coming down, and it's, it's like just, just raindrops, but very, very beautiful raindrops just beginning to fall and beginning to touch right now, right across this auditorium. There's a sense of his presence coming down. And he's saying, I've called you by name. I've called you by name. You are mine. I've called you by name. You are precious in my sight, children. You're precious. I've called you into a new relationship with me in this season because in this season, things are happening so fast in this world. And in this season, I need you to be ready. In this season, I need you to stand in this time. I need you to stand and I need you to be strong because much is going to come against you, my children. Much is going to come against you but I'm calling you to be strong because I've given you my spirit and my spirit is a co-creator of the universe. My spirit is my spirit and I have given it to my children and I'm going to cause you to stand on places you've never walked before, dark places, places where people will not want to go. I'm calling you to put aside those things that, that cause you to stand against the things I want to do in your life. I want you to take chances to be courageous, to be bold, my children. Because much that I'm calling into will require your courage. Do not fear because I will not leave you. Do not fear because I will not let you stand alone. Do not fear because my peace, my presence, and my power will go with you. Begin to have courage to step out. Begin to have courage to speak my word in the lives of people. Begin to have courage to speak out my truth, my healing power, my presence. Begin to have courage 
because the courage that I desire in you will need to stand firm in times of testing. But I will not fail you. I will not leave you. I will not abandon you. I am your God. I am your God. And I understand every step that you're taking. My peace will reign in your heart and my courage will be in your spirit. But trust what I will do in your life. Just going to get Hammond just to come up and just just to play quietly for a minute. I just want you just to, to reach out right now. This is the God that loves us. This is the God that has given his life for us. This is the God that has sent his spirit to abide in us. This is God that is above every situation that is happening in our world at the moment. This is our God. Holy Spirit, would you just move? Would you just move in touch right now? Would you restore, Father, the hurts in people's hearts right now, the grieving that goes on, Father, through disappointment? Father God, that the things that have touched, Lord God, that have broken down relationship with you, would you touch right now? Would you touch right now? Would you let your peace come, Father, over this place? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord God. Oh, Lord God. If you want to respond in any way, you can you can come. You're welcome to come down the front. There will be people that will pray with you if you want prayer. But the Lord is wanting just to minister to you as you as you sit there. It's a one relationship with one relationship right now. He's just wanting you to reach out. He is here for you right now. But he's raising up a body. He's raising up a people of courage and power. He's raising up a people that will be united in his spirit, brought together in love. We'll stand with one another and build one another up.